What does life look like after being diagnosed with Meniere's disease? Vestibular migraines, neuritis, BPPV, MDDS, or any other balance disorder? How do you accept the new normal and learn to live and manage all the symptoms associated with these disorders? This podcast will introduce you to vestibular warriors who share their healing journey, obstacles they have overcome, and ones they continue to struggle with. Pretty much anything and everything these disorders shake up in our lives. We will share stories that are honest and vulnerable. We laugh, we cry, but mostly we learn from and lean on each other so no one feels alone. Come be inspired and lean on a community that will empower you. You don't have to navigate these turbulent waters alone. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Meniere's Muse podcast. I'm Heather Davies. This week I'm talking with Dave Juno about his vestibular journey with Meniere's disease, which ultimately led him to a left-sided labyrinthectomy. His symptoms began Christmas Eve 2014 and became chronic in 2018. Prior to his vestibular journey, he sang baritone in the church choir and was an avid photographer. He has turned a hobby of video editing into a passion project for Meniere's patients on his YouTube blog titled Meniere's Disease Warrior. He shares openly here about his day-to-day life with this disease. He is also the co-founder of two groups on Facebook, Meniere's and Vertigo Without Borders and Meniere's and Vertigo with Christian Borders. His wife began the support group, Partners of Meniere's and Vertigo Without Borders, which is directed more to the significant others and partners of loved ones with these vestibular disorders. Dave has found living with Meniere's has given him more patience and has also allowed him to watch his youngest son grow. He is thankful for so much in life right now and loves bringing awareness to these disorders. Welcome, Dave. Well, welcome, Dave. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for agreeing to come on Meniere's News and share your story. Oh, no, no problem. I'm more than happy to. It was, it, like I said in their emails, it was an honor to, to be asked. It, was, I, it made me very happy because it's like, wow, somebody's actually recognizing what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. fake herbal people who are you're trying to sell you stuff all the time. I know. I get those on Instagram constantly. And like, I just leave the little post there. I don't even know. I don't even respond to them anymore. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying not to now. Well, would you mind um, sharing a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into your journey? Um, sure. Um, Dave Juno. I grew up if I live, I grew up in Boston. You can't tell from my accent. Uh, and I live out in Central Mass now. I've been married 29 years. Yeah, 29 years. I've been with my wife 36 years. But we've only been married 29. Um, I've got three children. Uh, my oldest, uh, David Juno Jr., who is in the Army Reserve and post post postman, I guess I deliver his mail. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, Erin, who's 23, she wor- works with autistic children. Um, she lives out and what she li- doesn't live at home, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my daughter dearly, but you know. <laughs> and my son, John, who's 17, and he'll be a senior this year, graduating high school. Um, two grandchildren, Susie and Samuel. And you know, I like to fish. 
I like to do photography. Um, I like to go out to eat a lot. <laughs> um, Are things pretty open up there? Uh, yeah, I like um, to cook too. I've become the main cook in the house. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I get more enjoyment out of cooking than doing anything else. It's awesome. I bet your wife loves that. Oh, she does. <laughs> she's a better cook than I am, but she loves it because she's not, you know, she works still. So she's not coming home and has, oh, making dinner and all this stuff. And right. She comes home, dinner's ready. Three of us are sitting there, waiting, well, two of us are sitting there waiting for her to run around the house for 20 minutes. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did your vestibular symptoms begin? Um, Christmas Eve, 2014. That's when it started. I I had um, just got back from a four o'clock mass. I was singing in the choir at that point. And I had to go back at seven for the seven o'clock mass to, and I was supposed to sing a solo. And I came home because I live around, right around the corner. The church is literally walking distance. I came home, I grabbed a salsa uh, water and I sat down and I was watching a college football game. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't feel good. Something's not right. And I stood up. And the whole room was just spinning and I was sweating profusely. I could barely walk. Um, it was crazy. Um, ringing the ears was unbelievable. I mean, I got up and I went into the kitchen and my wife's family was there because we usually do Christmas Eve with them. And um I went in the kitchen and they thought I was first thought I was joking around. I don't, okay. Uh, I don't know how you joke around with sweat unless I poured salt water on my head. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my wife got me down to the bedroom and, you know, they took my temperature. I never fever, but everything was just spinning. My sister-in-law is a nurse goes, Oh, it's a virus. The virus, no, and nobody would take me to the ER. I was begging people to take me to the ER. They wouldn't take me. Was this the first time you ever experienced vertigo? Yeah, I thought I was dying, and um, nobody would take me to the hospital. They kept saying it was a virus. It was this, it was that. So I fell asleep. I don't know how I fell asleep. <laughs> I finally fell asleep, and then I woke up a couple hours later, and I was not vertigo, but that off balance feeling, dizziness type. So I ate and I went back to bed and the next day I was okay. And then I drove my son down to Fort Lee, Virginia about a week later, week and a half later for his um, advanced something training with the army. And while I was down there, cause I, I spent a week down there. I didn't just drop him off and then head back home. I spent a week because I wanted to see Virginia. And I had, like two days later, I had another vertical attack. And I was spent the day in the hotel. I didn't know where to go. And then when I got back, um, I had another spell, and that's when I went to a doctor. I went to the urgent care. My wife took me to urgent care. And they were like, oh, yeah, it's probably a bug, but here's some Flonase, and here's whatever month later happened again and my wife took me to the my doctor 
my doctor doctor and um he was um he was like oh it was i think it's bpb bppv and he did the apple maneuvers and gave me a prescription from meclizine and you know gave me the week off of work to rest do nothing okay did you have relief with the apple maneuver no, um, Meclizine did help. So at that point, every time I had this problem, the vertigo or the, the dog dizziness, I took Meclizine and it would clear up within an hour or two. And then a few years later, I went into like a four day attack. And on the second day, my wife dragged me to the doctor's again. Because, you know, us, and I think this happens to a lot, a lot of men don't go to the doctor's. You know, so she's like, you're going to the doctors. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I'm all right. Fine. You're the boss. No problem. And he did the apple. It still didn't work. Gave me enough prescription for meclizine. And I said, don't bother. I buy it at Walmart for $1.48. It's cheaper. <laughs> and he went, what? I'm like, yeah. He didn't realize it was over the counter. And then um, so he gave me the, you know, a referral to an ENT. Because he was like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So the first ENT I saw literally thought I was crazy. Said there was nothing wrong with me. Wouldn't do any tests. Wouldn't do uh, CAT scan or anything. Said, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't know why you're here. And it was like the only doctor's appointment I ever got up and walked out on. Right in the middle of it. Right when he was talking, he was, where are you going? I said, obviously, there's nothing wrong with me. Have a nice day, jackass. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't say jackass. I said something else. <laughs> Um, and so I called my doctor back and I said, can you refer me to somebody else? That guy was an idiot. And he goes, yeah. So was, there was another guy. I saw another doctor and he goes, yeah, it sounds like Meniere's disease. And he explained to me what Meniere's disease was. So I had an MRI to check for the, the tumors. There was no tumors. And he goes, you have Meniere's disease. Low salt diet, there's nothing we can do. And here's a bottle of Clonopin. Dave, did he do any other tests? He did not. No. He did not. So he handed me a bottle of Clonopin, 90, 90 pills of Clonopin. Were you having anxiety? No. He just mm-hmm. complained it was it would stop the help stop the vertigo. And I'm going, Clonopin's a, an addictive drug. I'm not an idiot. You know? And um so after about a month, I called him back and I said, listen, there's got to be more to this. I'm seeing more on, on YouTube and doing my research. There's tests and things you can that you should be able to do would help me. And he was like, well, let me refer you to somebody else. OK, so he refers me to Dr. Gasek. And the reason why I say his name is because he's research. He was a researcher of veneers that he that he found that. 70% of Minia's patients, it's a virus. And I was like, well, okay. He's re- I looked him up. He's a researcher. His kid's a researcher. They were placed in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Alabama as well. So I went and saw him. Well, first thing he does is put me, he doesn't do any tests. First thing, because he's looking at the MRI. And first thing he does is put me on um, an antiviral. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can't think of the name of it. Put me on antiviral, did nothing, made it worse. Tried another antiviral, different one, 
to do anything. Then he tried prednisone. That, did, that helped. But as we all know, prednisone doesn't last forever. Then we did the steroid shots. Then we did the gentamicin shots. So you did have the injections in your ear? Yeah, in my and left ear. In your left ear. So did they do um, an audiogram, anything besides? He did audiogram? an audiogram. And the audiogram showed I had significant hearing loss, uh, severe hearing loss in my left ear, and significant in my right. I don't know what the difference is, but so the gentamicin didn't work either. So he refers me to another doctor because he's retiring. He didn't tell me he was retiring, but he was retiring. And the poor man actually never got a chance to retire. He actually had a heart attack while he was at work oh, at UMass, Hospital, UMass Amherst, uh, Medical Center. He had a heart attack while he was at a patient. He was 83 years old and he was still practicing. Great guy. He was a great guy. I mean, he knew what he was talking about. I will give him that much, but he was old. So he's the guy I see now is Dr. Emmett Schneider. And he did the, the goggle test right then and there. He looked at my eardrums and he was like, oh, no wonder why the gentamicin didn't work. Your eardrums are all, your eardrum is all messed up. He goes, medicine never really got a chance to get into it because it was being sucked up by your eardrum or going straight out. I was like, okay, so you know, and he did the whole VNG, all that stuff. And he goes, let's do a labyrinthectomy wow. on the left ear. Your right ear seems to be okay at this point, um, even though you got hearing loss. And I went, okay, let's do it. It's going to help me. And for about 11 months, I was great. I had very little vertigo. I had hardly any vertigo. Some dizziness. But that was all with, you know, I was doing my vestibular exercises and everything. And for 11 months, it was great. Um, and even in between that time, my manager had called and said, listen, we know you're on long-term disability, but we're going to have to terminate you. But if you can come back to work, you apply right away and we'll re rehire you like that. You won't have to go through the interview process, nothing, and everything will continue you know your time all that stuff and i went okay um and about three days later i had another murder attack oh my goodness and so i always i don't know if you've seen excuse me i don't know if you've seen the videos but i keep a journal so you do keep a symptom journal like your symptoms i write my the dates that it like vertigo happens and and what happened that day um with the vertigo I don't do these, and I see some columns and all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm, I just keep it simple. Um, and so I have to go see Dr. Remer Schneider every six months, anyways. So I waited. I told him, say the vertigo's back. Did the whole tests again, and now it's in my right. Oh, I've heard that like, happening. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, you need to apply for SSDI. I can't let you go back to work. Blah blah blah. blah. Okay. No I have a couple questions. Let's backtrack a little bit. After you had the labyrinthectomy, did you have any tinnitus or noise sensitivity or any of that um, discomfort, any of those crazy symptoms right after? Yes. The tinnitus was off the roof. 
and it still is in the left ear. It is. It, it gets to right now. It's been okay, but there are times it just ramps up so loud that it, it's, it's like I'm running, a, um, I'm running a, a car engine without the exhaust. It's that loud. I can't hear anything. It's so loud. And it will wake me up in the middle of the night. Oh. Have you, know? you have you noticed um, any changes with your nutrition and things that have decreased your tinnitus or any of the other symptoms? Vitamin B. Vitamin B. Vitamin B complexes helped a lot. Um, I mean, I eat salads, chicken. Um, black man made pork roast, um, fish, you know, I'm, I like to make a lot of soups, but they're all homemade. They're not, you know, here's a can of Progresso, which, you know, right. loaded with salt. are over a pendant soup or over. <laughs> yeah, soup or over salt, yeah. or, you know, like I make my own sauce, my own sauce. I'm a Sicilian, so I make my own sauce. And it basically just made what my mother made. I watched her make it. And it's all homemade. It's very little salt. There's less salt in it than you'd find in the store. Even though my wife continues to buy the store brand. <laughs> she thinks it's low salt. And I'm like, damn, my salt, and that's a low salt, and low salt. <laughs> yeah, but this is easier for you. And I said, I'm glad. I love you too. And I'm glad you're trying to make my life easier, but please let me do something. Um, but yeah, um, I, you know, once in a while we get pizza, but my friend owns the pizza shop. He knows not to what, you know, try to make it as low salt as possible. Um, but usually any pizza I'm fine with, except for Domino's. Domino's will send, I had Domino's the other day. My son wanted to treat me to lunch and I didn't know what he was getting. I'm like, whatever. I thought he was getting burritos or something from AAA. And uh, it was pizza from Domino's. And I was since you're spinning yeah within about two hours i was oh i was on the couch with uh, one dog uh, on the floor next to me and my other dog uh well keeping my feet warm <laughs> so what's the next step i mean are you definitely can't um, have the labyrinthectomy of the, the right ear now, right now he's got an ear tube in okay which seems to help a lot um i just had it actually a new one put in a couple of weeks ago, which I think it's still healing. I don't know. It's, it hurts. Um, not bad, but it's, you know, I could feel this one. I don't know why. Um, and the next step would be emphylactic decompression surgery. I don't know much about that. Yeah. It's they, they go in and shave the bone down in the inner ear and they put a, um, a shunt in there. So the fluid drains doesn't build up it's got a release point so that's the next step because i can't do labyrinthectomy because i'd be in a wheelchair you know yeah, no. and i'd be totally deaf because i that left me totally deaf the labyrinthectomy right so you know and they, oh could they do cochlear implants well yeah i'm sure they could but it's you know people always brag about how great they are but i I asked my doctor about it. He goes, well, yeah, they're good. They're meant for you to hear people talk and this and that. Um, as far as listening to music and, and things like that, they're, you know, I get people that come in here all the time. Can you adjust this for this? Can you adjust this for that? And 
Well, and, and has this affected your, your singing? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't sing anymore. Very rarely uh, do I, I don't go to choir practice anymore. Um, if I know the song, um, and it's like a holy, holy day mass, like a good Friday or a holy Thursday, Easter vigil, I'll jump in with the choir. Um, just so they can get that baritone sound because they have no baritone in there at all. Um, and when I'm filming, I don't, I'm not there with the choir. The choir is not there. So, you know, I, I will sing, but that's just, you know, singing for the heck of it. Um, but what's in while, yeah, this Easter I did, they asked me, which was, <laughs> I was like, how am I gonna do this? Priest wants me taking pitches. They want me playing percussion. And then they want me to sing. Mm. How am I going to do this? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I, you did. Yeah, I did it. And I was it, so happy. I was so. Oh, that's awesome. I was so happy. My wife was like, you're amazing. I can't believe you did that. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't stop taking pitches after a while. How many times can I take a picture of an altar? You know? Um, but yeah, I ended up singing and then it was a solo part for tenor and I sang that and then whatever percussion they needed me to do, I was doing. And um, it was it was a great feeling to do it, but I know I can't do it all the time and I can't learn new music. It's yeah. very hard. It's very hard. But that singing actually was is one of the things I do I that really affected me a lot um with veneers not being able to yeah. um even enjoy music it's really um it's really hard to even enjoy um I went to see Genesis in December and I've seen Genesis five times in my life first show I went to I was oh, 10 and a half <laughs> you know yeah. So I wanted to see that last show. And the last show was in Boston. And the last show, and that was where they first played, was the town I grew up in outside of Boston when they first came in 1972 to the United States at Brandeis University in Waltham. So I was six. I didn't go see them then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but to see that last show ever in North America, you know, even though Phil's in a chair, his kids playing drums, which he's very good. I could actually enjoy that music. And it also helped that the girls behind me were smoking marijuana. So <laughs> <laughs> I turned around and they went. They've got a contact high. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing great. And then <laughs> the second he had smoke, because I do do CBD once in a while. Mm -hmm. And after the show, <laughs> they were like, sorry about the smoke i'm like you're the reason why i made it through the whole show and then you know I me and i explained to them right. i had veneer's disease one of the girls mothers had has it oh it happenstance and they were very nice girls i mean they were they were my son's age they were probably 27 years old and um oh my god we're so sorry you have that my mother has that oh i feel so bad for you i wish i know because i would have just had you come sit with us <laughs> We all could have. I said, "Well, first off, it's COVID. I don't know if you have COVID." <laughs> you know, thank you. And they were really, really, really great people. Um, oh, that's great. You know, and plus, I got you know my 
friend of mine I didn't even know was up there, who was there, was sitting directly above us. I get a, I look at my That's phone it. after the show and I get a message, why are you so <laughs> with those girls? And I'm like, I wasn't. <laughs> she saw me turning around and talking. That's funny. Hey, well, recently um, you spoke in your vlog, um, Meniere's Disease Warrior, about coming to a fork in the road and having to make a decision in your life. And I know a lot of us come to that junction sooner or later. Would you mind sharing a little bit about um, about the fork in the road? Sure. Um, um, well, the fork in the road is basically which way you want to go. You know, when you get diagnosed, we go through all these different emotions. Let's face it. I mean, and it's not something that's going to kill us, but you still go through all these emotions because it's a life changer. Right. So, you know, once I was told I couldn't work anymore and I had to file SSDI and all this, I was devastated um, because I was I, I worked full time for 30 years, 35 years. I didn't know what it was like, you know, the first couple of weeks you're, you don't work is great because it's like a vacation. You think, oh, vacation is great. Well, after that, what do I do? I can't do this. I don't feel good. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I came to the fork and at first I started going to the right or I was going down negative. It was everybody else's fault. Everybody had to help me, 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 me. Um, 30 years of not drinking went down the drain because I started drinking again. And I was a closet drinker. I wasn't one of these guys who went out and partied. I was a closet drinker. Nobody knew. I hid it from everybody. So I was self-medicating and blah, 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 blah. And my friend, you know, and I was really taking it out on everybody. I was losing friends just for my attitude. Um, I was losing friends. I almost lost my family. My wife almost left me. Um, and my friend, Gina Marie, who I founded Meniere's and Vertigo Without Borders, with um called me one day because i really talked her off and she said listen there's something wrong with you you need help i think you should make a phone call and i was you know screw you screw this screw everybody and about two hours later i realized what i was doing i had a problem mm -hmm. i need to fix it and um, I found all the bottles I had hidden around the house, dumped them all out, made a phone call, called my wife, came home from work, and she knew I was crying. And I told her I was making a phone call to get some help and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And um, she's like, I've, I've been wanting to tell you that for months. I'm like, why didn't you? And she was like, well, I was afraid you'd snap. And I said, well, you part of it. So, you know, yeah, I'll be, I'll be four years again, four years sober in August, August 13th. Um, and yeah, I got some help. Uh, I went through therapy, oh God, about a year and a half. And there was a lot of stuff that came out. It wasn't just dealing with Meniere's. It was a lot of stuff. Um, from my childhood and everything um, and realizing I had had depression and anxiety my whole life. I just didn't realize it. 
yeah, there was just so much stuff that was coming out. And, but one of the things was when I was working, I spent 10 years working in the Massachusetts prison system, fixing copiers for Rico, because everybody was afraid to go there. I was like, I'm not, you know? Um, so I had spent 10 years almost daily in with inmates. I wasn't in a separate area. I was in with the inmates. And a lot of them were fine. Um, they were actually kind of friendly. You know, a lot of them were probably people that just made bad mistakes in their life and had to pay for it. And But all that trauma that I saw in the maximum and medium, super max, uh, it was, it really had to come out and get it out of my head and find, you know, and that was all part of it. And that was all part of all the anxiety and the stress that I was having with Meniere's. This, that Meniere's was just like the tip of the iceberg. So I, you know, today I'm a very different person than I was even before Meniere's. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, people always ask me, how are you so positive? How are you so hopeful? And it's like, I'm alive. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm alive. And not every day is a bad day. You know, and, and that's the thing that you were mentioning earlier is so many people take that bad way. That's what I meant, the negative way. Well, positive, okay, you go positive for it, which that's what I did. Once I got down, I ended up coming back up and getting back on the right path, the positive path, that fork in the road. Things became easier for me to do. I had more of a fight in me to try to do things. Um, like walking in the woods that are behind my house. Four years ago, I wouldn't have done next. I'd be petrified I was going to fall. Mm-hmm. Now I do it with dogs, you know, and it helps with my balance, you know. Um, Are you doing partner, vestibular rehab or have you ever done it? I have done it a few times. Yeah. I've done it a few times. I do the exercises and stuff. Um, I don't <laughs> fall as much as I used to. Um, but now I'm, I'm not afraid to walk down a bumpy path. Um, my wife bought a bike in October last year to go biking with her cousin. She was going away for the weekend. And I was like, and she brought it home. And, you know, of course my son, John jumps on it. He takes for a ride. And when my wife and my son weren't looking, <laughs> I jumped on it. Oh, that, I, how did that I end up? I it around the neighborhood. Oh, you did. That's awesome. I did. Yeah, I was balancing and everything. And I'm like, look, I was even doing no hands. I was like, I was again. And my wife was like, freaking out and <laughs> dad what's well, because your balance is in your core when you're on the bike and i'm like oh. <laughs> you know i'm still doing it and i'm you know did you break that bike i'll kill you <laughs> and i got off um but yeah it was uh you know so things that i normally wouldn't have done first being diagnosed because i was petrified of everything I- and okay, yeah. So I can't get on a bike every day, right. but I can. No, I can when I feel good. 
you know, it's like, I can't drive a car every day. And actually was told no more high dro- highway driving by my doctor last time I saw him. But it doesn't mean I can't drive anymore. It just means I have to limit that. Right. So to go to the drugstore, go to the pharmacy, or go to the doctors. You know, that's it. And that's only if I feel good. Right. And that's because now I'm having a problem where sometimes, you know, you know, you look like that to look to see if a car is coming. Well, my head will be straight. My eyes are still going. Yeah. That So that was the reasoning behind the no highway driving anymore, which is fun. I let my wife drive. I don't care. You know? Yeah, I do. What is your uh, biggest challenge facing you today? What would you say that would be? My biggest challenge? Yeah. I know you've overcome a lot. I've overcome a lot. So that's, that's a hard one. Um, I mean, if you think what, like, what I'd want to do would be to get on a motorbike again. You know, no big motors like Harley, you know, right. whatever, but even, you know, those, the, the, the Vespas, you know, yeah. I used to have a moped and I loved driving that thing. And it, it wasn't fast. It wasn't, you know, the, the fastest thing in the world and it did trick, but it was just nice to get on it, to do local round town or, you know, yeah, they have so many new electronic bikes and things. You could possibly do that, especially if you got on the bike. Yeah, so that that would probably be an obstacle that I would like to conquer. Yeah, I mean, I I know, I, getting in one of those, the Harley or some rice burners, we used to call them as kids. Um, that's, not, that's not smart. Yeah. Um, that's just, Our that's days not. of riding bikes are over like that, motorcycles and stuff. You know, Unless you're going to trike. Yeah, a trike. But even that, I mean, 190 horsepower on two wheels, 190 on, th- on, three, wheel- on three wheels, it's not smart for us. Right, no. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, okay, yeah. I, when my wife had, um, she had, a, well, my daughter has it now, Maxima. She had a Nissan Maxima. All right, yeah, 400 horsepower. That, yeah, I used to love driving that thing. But... Now, you know, I could still drive it. It's not that I can't, but it's really too much for people with Meneas to handle. Um, yeah, getting on a, a motor scooter or whatever they call them. Yeah, uh, that would be something I would like to overcome. I can see you doing that. <laughs> um, kayaking, too. Oh. I would love to go kayaking. Well, if you ever make it down to Florida, I'll be happy to take you. <laughs> We love oh, it. Yeah, I, I keep trying to talk my wife into letting me do it. And she, <laughs> you're not going to talk me into this on a bet. <laughs> oh, it would be good for you. Well, what advice would you give someone or even yourself at the beginning of your vestibular journey? Is there anything that you would, you wish you would have known? Don't listen to the horror stories. Uh, do your research. Um, because a lot of people will tell you horror stories. And that really, when I was first diagnosed, my wife had said to me, you know, you're on Facebook all the time. Why don't you see if they got support groups? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I went downstairs and 
you know, got on the computer and found one of the bigger ones. Um, and I'm reading these things. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. This, I, I, and I really started, you know, that was kind of down the downslope. Really, it, it kind of triggered me because I'm thinking, all these people are telling horror stories. They're not looking for advice. They're not looking, they're just telling horror stories. And then I came across this, this one girl who um, would make videos. Mm -hmm. And and it was always positive type of thing. And so I spent a night just watching her videos, literally. And I sent her a, a direct message. And I said, hi, my name is Dave Juno. I, no, I am not a dirty old man. I do not want you to think this because I know people on Facebook sent like, to, or Instagram sent pictures of whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I said, your videos are really helping me. I am so petrified and nervous. I'm newly diagnosed. Thank you for making these videos. And we started talking, you know, because she was like, if I can help you in any way, please feel free to contact me. I'm glad you're, you know, you first came out and said that you weren't a dirty old man. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, yeah, is she a pretty girl? Yeah, but I wasn't interested, you know, in that. My wife is the beautiful, most beautiful thing in the world to me. Um, so I wasn't interested in that. I was just interested in finding help. And then we started talking. And then we found out our own group. Then we became best friends. You know, Gina Marie uh, Jackson. Oh, I think I read one of her... Um... Yeah, she writes blogs. Her. Yeah, and she, you were cited. Do it anymore. Yeah, I was. I was trying to find the most recent, and I I wasn't able to find anything new. Yeah, there wasn't any. She doesn't do it anymore. She's really busy, um, so she doesn't really do much. Even in in the groups, she posts once in a while, but um, I kind of run most of it. And but we became really good friends, and we've we've met each other in person. And our fan, kids get along great, and stuff. So we're hoping to actually go down there again in the summer at some point. Um, but she really was the one who helped me the most. Um, even she was the one who called me about getting help, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I do give her a lot of credit to, you know, to putting me on a path, the right path. Um, and you guys run a couple groups together. Is that right? Yeah, we run that one, um, Veneers and Vertigo, with Christian Borders, which is a faith-based, which people ask for prayers and things. Mm -hmm. sure. um, and I know some people in other Christian groups, and, you know, nobody's up there, pro you know, proclaiming the gospel or whatever. Um, and then there's another one, which doesn't, it's not very active, but it's Partners of Veneers and Vertigo Without Borders. And it's for people like our spouses mm -hmm. help with us it was actually my wife's idea that's a great idea and i she, love that she wasn't on facebook at the time <laughs> so my wife is actually the real founder of that one you know um so it was kind of you know it's a great idea i wish it took off but it's still there right it, um it just didn't take off and and that's okay you know that's fine um, but yeah, one of the, the advice I can give is don't listen to horror stories, do your research and whatever it is, stay positive. Um, you know, try to stay positive, 
find what works for you. You know, not everything, what works for me isn't gonna necessarily work for you or anybody else. So, you know, you gotta find your thing and it's hard, but, you know, stay positive because, you know, eventually someday they're gonna find something that's gonna help us. Um, they are working on a, um, an implant for your balance, um, which would be nice if it came out. Um, but they're working on it. Some people think that it's already out. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there are things that are in the pipeline. But the other thing is people will say, well, they, why, why can't they can get a, a vaccine for COVID? But they can't have a cure for Meniere's. Well, here's the thing. Meniere's is going to kill you. COVID can. You know, and COVID can actually affect your Meniere's because it did with me. Mm -hmm. It sent my right ear into hyperdrive. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's the thing. And, and, and don't listen to negative people. I mean, that's a, you get a lot of negativity out there. It's a lot. Yeah. In some groups, that's all you see, you know. Keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah. They, people don't. But yeah, but see, that's the problem. People don't. Yeah, they get sucked, sucked in. It's like I said before, the keyboard warriors. Yeah. You know, maybe see the, because I, I, I used to post a lot about Meniere's on my own Facebook because I wanted people to make awareness because that's what, you know, you're not going to get research done or, or things done without having awareness. One night I wanted to go out and I was feeling good and my wife didn't want to go. And she was tired. I'm like, well, I want to go out. I'm sick and tired of being trapped here. I'm out of here. I did one of those. <laughs> so I, I went, she where I was going and everything. So, you know, my friend, Steve, I told him I wasn't coming. But when I walked into this place, he sat down right next to him. He didn't even know I was there for five minutes. Mm. And then finally I went, oh my God. You know, they were all happy. Everybody was happy. And then my friend, Wendy, said, you know, where's Diane? And I said, well, she's tired. She didn't want to come out. And I really needed to get out. <laughs> Good. I'll be your, I'll be your, I'll be Diane tonight. <laughs> and this was a girl like, who I grew up with. I went to school with. Um, and I actually, in high school, I had the strongest crush on her. <laughs> uh, but she, That's good you're still friends today. Yeah, we're still friends. We're really awesome. good friends. We always have been. And she was up. I had to walk up the stairs. She was right next to me. <laughs> I wanted a drink, which I don't drink, but like a soda, she'd go get it. Right. The bathroom, she'd walk me to the bathroom. I'm like, Wendy, come on. My wife doesn't walk me to the bathroom. <laughs> People got to talk. <laughs> well, well, that's good that you're still getting out. I know when I started getting out, um, people didn't expect me to show up because yeah. I kept getting the invites. And I'm like, yeah, no. But once you start showing up when you do feel good, it feels good. It does. It's a good feeling. And that feeling lasts. It's yeah, not, it does. you know, it's not like, you know, sometimes, you know, you do pay to play, but, yeah. you know, even though I'm like, maybe the next day, the, the world is spinning. I still got a smile on my face. because I was like, yeah, hey, I went all last week, you know, push past those limits and went. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just had to do that. Exactly. I know that you've mentioned a lot that um, you've changed since becoming diagnosed and having these symptoms. Um, what has living with a vestibular disorder taught you? What has it taught me? Patience. Patience. Yeah. Um, 
not to get frustrated, mm-hmm. even though it's very hard um, not to get frustrated, um, especially when, um, you know, people don't um, seem to get it and we'll talk, you know, without, I don't know how my family does it, but they could talk without losing their lips. <laughs> um, my old youngest one, <laughs> I mean, he has a, he has a low, soft voice, but he also doesn't move his lips, so I can't read his lips. So uh, hard, yeah. But frustration, um, people being ignorant, not to get upset about it. They mm-hmm. just they don't understand, and, and you know what? You want to be ignorant? That's your problem, not mine. Um, you know, and that's the thing I I do now. It's that's not my problem, not my service. Yeah. Um, which patience uh, was something I didn't have. Um, I was a very impatient person. Um, I had an extremely short fuse, you know, not physical mm-hmm. and not emotional, but I would get mad very fast and very quick. Uh, and now that's about Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we go on to whirlwind questions? Um, I think we covered everything. Covered a lot. Yeah, learned a lot. Yeah, and I think we covered everything. You know, if I could give a shout out to my channel, that would be please, cool. please do. Yes, where can yeah, we support uh, you? If you're interested in any of my videos um, on YouTube? It's Benia's Disease Warrior. There's like 127 videos dealing with just about everything, um, even a series um, about SSDI that I've done. SSDI being Social Security Disability? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I ha- I didn't watch those yet. Okay. I'll have yeah, a good um, I just did another one last night because somebody asked me where they were close to retirement, if it makes sense for them to um, apply for SSDI or wait for social security. And so I did my research. Um, I read, looked a couple of videos on YouTube, called my lawyer. Everybody said the same thing, apply for your social security disability insurance because you'll get more money. Hmm. That's interesting. And it doesn't change. When you hit, when I hit 65, it won't change. I'll be, I'm on, it just basically what he said was disability insurance is just a name. It's your social security benefits. That's what you get. And that's what you're going to get the rest of your life. Right. Okay. Just asking for a friend. Yeah. And then we have your two um, support groups. Could you tell us what those are again? Um, I'll include them in the show notes. Yeah. On Facebook, uh, Meniere's and Vertigo Without Borders. Um, Meniere's and Vertigo with Christian Borders, which is a uh, faith-based group. And we do have another one for partners, which is for people who, you know, their spouses or children or family members, um, partners of Meniere's in Vertigo Without Borders. Awesome. Thank you so much for everything you do out there. Oh. Okay. All Thank right. So just relax. And these questions are just fun yeah. and just whatever comes to mind. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, fill in the blank. Vestibular disorders are hellish. You feel your symptoms coming on and you're trying to be brave, Dave. What's the first thing you do? Oh, God. 
and I try to be brave. Yep. Um, I literally try to focus on one thing and smile. <laughs> smile. Sometimes those smiles are forced, but it does help. Yeah, but that's a lot of times they are, but yeah. That's what it's smile. Focus and smile. What's one thing most people don't know about you? I'm bald. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um people don't know about me. I'm pretty open. That's I like birds. I like bird watching. Cool. Which you is do that great. with your fishing. I do that in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. I got a nest of two nests going. Aww. Yeah. Um, and trying to keep bobcat away. We got a bobcat in the neighborhood. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He ran in my back, was in my backyard the other day. Oh my goodness. My pit bull was going cuckoo. <laughs> she wanted to go get him. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your favorite meal? Your favorite meal? Meatloaf. I don't make it enough, but meatloaf is probably my favorite. Fried chicken is my second favorite. My goodness, it's been a long time since I had fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, like I said, it's homemade, so it's not. Right. If I make it, it's 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 not salty at all. What's the last show that you binged and loved? Mash. Mash. Wow, I haven't seen that forever. I love that show. Watch it every night. Wow. What? Uh, where do you watch it? Me TV. Me TV. Yeah, it's on from seven to eight. Um, my wife and I binge watch it every every night. <laughs> <laughs> that and the Andy. Then she wants to watch the Andy Griffith show. Oh my goodness. And then I wait till she falls asleep, which is usually about five minutes into it. And then I put the, <laughs> box the red socks on. That's funny. What is what's on your nightstand? My Bible. And a bottle of Meclazine. A bottle of what? Meclazine. Meclazine. What's an activity that completely relaxes you? Fishing. How often do you do that? Not as often as I'd like, uh, at least twice a week. So you're close enough where you can get out there? Yeah, the, the reservoir is literally a mile and a half. That's great. And if I want to fish illegally, there's another one that's <laughs> half a mile up the road, which my daughter does. And she's <laughs> always pulling out seven, 10 pound bass. Wow. I'm like, uh, I told the cop. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh my goodness! What's one movie you could watch over and over and never tire of? Any Star Wars movie, even the series. Like, can I just finished the Kenobi series? Did you? Yeah, I'm. I'm a geek. <laughs> it's okay. I know, and people will say they go. All those flashing lights don't bother you. I'm like, well, not on TV yeah. <laughs> in person, they would, but yeah, I they just had TNT, just had another Star Wars thing, and my wife and I watched the whole that's good. She does that with you, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she didn't like it up until probably a few years ago. Then, when the new movies of so seven, eight, and nine came out, that's when she started liking it. Oh, 
Great. What is your most used tool out of your vestibular toolbox? Oh God, there's so many. Could it be your journal? My journal is probably the, the, the one that's most used. I know some people, we always talk, you know, generalization where you just write your symptoms. Do you include anything else in your journal, like your nutrition that day, your stress from that day or anything like that? Um, no, I probably should, but I don't. Um, to just be to honest, see there's I, a pattern. Yeah, to be, I, I, I did find a pattern with weather. Like we were talking about, oh gosh, yes, the low pressure, yeah. Um, but I should, but I don't, yeah. Um, I was just curious because I know everybody does a little something different in their journals, yeah. I, I, I probably really should, but I, I, you know, it's funny, I do it with my diabetes journal, mm. it's the happy face, smiley face, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and there was something I was gonna say, I forgot too, um, but yeah, I would say my journal. Okay. Would be number one. And what the last question is, what are you extremely grateful for today? Everything. I am just a grateful person. Um, I never take anything for granted. Um, you want an honest answer? It's everything. everything. I, I can't pick one thing. Um, I mean, I'm grateful for, you know, being able to do this. I'm grateful that you asked me to do this um you know my family my house i i mean just everything like i grew up in a fourth room apartment house with my father my mother my brother yeah and i shared a room with my brother and my room with my brother was probably half the size not even half the size of the room i'm in right now it was very small so when we were always bumping into each other <laughs> And it was a concrete jungle. There was no <laughs> right. If there was, my my aunt who owned the place would let us play on it. <laughs> you know, because it was either right. it had to be perfect, or there was a garden or something. And so having where I'm living is, you know, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful for everything. I just, just you asked me that eight years ago, I would have said nothing. Really? Yeah. Um, it's just the way everything changed. So, you know, Minia's chronic illness changed me. It's crazy to me how something, I mean, Minia's is such a big pain in the butt, but it has, it's been a blessing in my life too. Yeah. And I know it, it's crazy. People are like, how can that be a blessing? But it really has. It has really changed the way I've, I look at life and obviously you too. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to watch my son grow up. The other two I didn't was, it didn't have that chance. Sure, I went to the games and I, I did this and that. But, you know, I was out the door at six o'clock in the morning and I come home at six o'clock at night and I'm running to practice. Then I'm running home and doing homework and I'm in bed and I do the whole thing all over again. All that busyness. And this, and this one, I've been able to, you know, see him grow from, you know, a 12 year old kid to now, six, he says he's only six feet, I just call six two man right you know and very mature and very very good kid not doing anything that I was doing at that age um you know and, and it was a blessing and getting to know him and be friend and be friendly with him he goes fishing with him. That's you know, we do things together 
Yeah. yeah. Like, you want to go fishing? Mm. <laughs> want to go hit? Mm. Well, my daughter, we would go to soccer games because she was a soccer nut until um, till she discovered track in junior high school, which was a good thing. Um, but this was like, Jen, we'll go fishing? Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's great. Let's go. Let's go to the store first. Let's go here. Okay. Well, I hope you're able to get back out on the water a lot more with him. And I can't wait to see the pictures. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got a hard drive. I, don't know, I got a whole hard drive right here filled <laughs> with thousands. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I will be. I'll be able to get out a little bit more. Great. Well, I, I really appreciate you meeting with us today and sharing your story. And I will include all um, the places people can support you. And thank you for being a voice out there in the community. Oh, I appreciate well, that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the thing. It, it, it's you got to you got to make awareness and you got to give back. Yeah. You can't just take all this information from people and not give back. Right. And. Yeah. You know, the YouTube thing really started as a way for me to learn to edit videos better. Because I was doing the edit video work down at church. And then it was like, why don't I just make this a thing? I'm not right. doing anything every day. Why don't I just make this a thing and like give back and people, you know, and like I've always seen every video because I've gotten these con you know, messages too. Well, you found your passion and I, and I yeah. love it. Exactly. Thank you. Can't wait to continue watching your journey and see you continually um, improve. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta save that right ear. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. I'll do my best. That's all I can do. Thanks again, Dave. Thank Anytime you. Anytime you want to do this again, I'm more than willing. Awesome. It's fun. Thank you for joining me, Heather Davies, and my guest, Dave Juno, on this week's episode of Meniere's Muse. If you would like to reach out to Dave, please find him on his YouTube blog, Meniere's Disease Warrior, or one of his Facebook groups, Meniere's and Vertigo Without Borders, or Meniere's and Vertigo with Christian Borders. If you would like to reach out to me, Heather Davies, please feel free to email me or find me on Instagram. I want to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of the Meniere's Muse community. I love to find inspirational vestibular warriors in the community and have them share their healing journey. Your feedback is very important to me. I'm here for you. We are here for you. No one has to go on this journey alone. Be sure to subscribe to Meniere's Muse for updates. I'll see you next week, warriors.